This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And I just have to say, starting out, as we were going through to one go to record, Sabrina goes, oh, wait, I should probably grab my microphone because all she had in her hand was a glass of wine and she was ready. I'm not used to holding a glass of wine and a microphone, so I just thought my glass of wine was all I needed. Some would call this double fisting. I am totally double fisting. You are so right. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, Podcast microphone brilliant. in one hand, glass of red wine in the other. Organic red wine without sulfates. Ooh, do you remember the brand? Recommend. Oh, I have the bottle. Let me show you. Is it Fitvine? No, it's from France. From France? Organic sans souffre. It has a rainbow on it. It's really pretty. Oh, that's beautiful. I love getting wines and just alcohol bottles that are super, super pretty, just a gift. And also, recommendation for rosé. I'm a rosé drinker. I drink it all through winter. I drink it all the time. Rosé is my Rosé all day, girl. Rosé on time, basic. You (laughs) It's just good, man. I like it. (laughs) Honestly, I like rosé and I like dark beer. And it's for bad reasons. I don't dislike the taste of other things. It's just that I can drink those the fastest, which is not how you should judge your favorite drinks. (laughs) I just think that whatever. Moving on. My favorite rosé is called 11 Minutes. And it's so good. And you can get it a lot of places, but like Italy has it and just like general stores. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because one of my coworkers, Tessa, had such a good suggestion for me. The bottle is so beautiful. It's a glass bottle with a glass cap. And she was like, after you're done with your rosé, you should just rub the label off of it. And then it's like the most perfect water like jug, beautiful glass to just keep out on the table at dinner parties. Does it have a rose on the bottom? Maybe. Okay. Cause I think I, I think I know what you're talking about and it's a really pretty glass. I have trouble with alcohol in the sense that I am allergic to a lot of it. Yes, you are. Does that stop you from consuming it? No, no, it does not. It doesn't, but I've been trying to take care of myself a lot more because recently I went to an event and my entire face turned bright red and I was like I got really emotional and sad and like went to Nick and I was like I just don't want to look like this on our wedding day and so I'm trying really hard to listen to my body and not drink things that make me break out in hives and my throat close up because that's probably not good for me long term no that's definitely not good for you you should come up with you need to figure out exactly what you can like a foolproof alcohol that you can drink yeah it's weird because like I'm allergic to ice in glass which is Super strange. It's fish bladder. A lot of white wines and rosés and champagnes and stuff are processed through it because it helps process the color. So basically like white wines and stuff are usually a lot darker, but in order to get then the lighter color that you see it and buy it in a store, they process it through a bunch of different things. Sometimes it's like an egg white wash or fish bladder and I'm allergic to that. Wait a second. Do vegan people eat eggs? No. So that's another thing. A lot of wines and alcohols are not vegan for that reason. I was just going to say all of the vegans out there are probably screwing up drinking wine thinking, well, can I don't know what veganism is. Are you allowed to drink alcohol? Yeah, you can. There's a website and the name escapes me right now, but there's a website where you can search the name of an alcohol to make sure it's vegan and not 
process through. And I think the wine industry is trying to change that and not process their wines through that. Yeah. There's a ton of like organic. I need to stop saying the word like. I don't know where I picked it up, but I cannot stop entering it into every single freaking sentence that I say. And I hear it and it's annoying me. I know. I have the same problem and it's really I didn't used to say it this frequently and now it's it's creeping up every four words. Well, Corinne, we will start a support group. Thank Hi, you. I'm Sabrina. We will like, like start a like support group. Like, okay. <laughs> but I was going to say there's quite a few places popping up around Boston, these organic wine bars, and they're gaining a bit of traction. I bet there's a ton in LA that you can go explore and figure out what you can drink. I should also go to a doctor because I feel like I self-diagnose a lot. I know I'm allergic to ice and glass, but I don't think that's in all other alcohols. Like, why do I drink certain things and turn into a beet red tomato? That's not normal. Well, it's probably something with how your enzymes break down the alcohol. I am 30% Asian, so my you are. Asian glow. That's exactly what I was thinking. Because oftentimes people of Asian descent have it, a harder time breaking down alcohol. Yeah. yeah I don't remember the, the terminology the word for the end, but it's, it has to do with your enzymes. But it's painful. Remember in college when I would always lose my voice and I couldn't talk after drinking, it was always because I was literally drinking things that my body was rejecting. I know what you were drinking because we were drinking we it were together. drinking it all together. We were and disgusting. Here we are. We're still together. I'm drinking and we're talking about ghosts. You're it's drinking. Amazing. I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll drink the whole bottle and we'll be fine. No, this is good. This is um eight minute intro on wine, but really we're here to talk about ghosts, yeah. ghost stories, and specifically the encounters that are shared from all of you. Let us segue in to our very first story. Shall I begin? Oh, you shall. Okay. This is from Jen. Subject line is, I think Zozo came to my wedding. Whoa. Hello, Corinne, Sabrina, Ghost, and Leia. My name is Jen, and I started binge listening to your podcast back in November, and I'm finally almost caught up, so I figured it was time for me to write and share some of my experiences with you. First, I would like to start out with a little bit of a backstory. When I was a kid, I experienced several strange experiences in my childhood home. I think I was much more sensitive to paranormal things when I was younger. I also had an imaginary friend who was a witch, who I called Witchy. And I lived in a raised ranch, so the downstairs had a pretty large family room. As a kid, it would always give me the creeps, and from time to time when I was down there alone playing with my Barbies, I would get the overwhelming feeling of someone watching me and then run upstairs as fast as I could. Mm. I would also always hear voices coming from downstairs that would sound like my family members as if something was mimicking them. Oh, that's scary. Ew. I would hear my dad or my grandparents saying things like, hi, we're here, or hey, I'm home, but nobody was actually ever there. I thought it was my imagination for a while, until one day, my best friend heard it too. We were standing near the banister, and I hear my grandfather call for my mom. I asked my friend if she just heard that, and she said, yeah, it sounded like your grandpa. I asked my mom if Nana or Papa were coming that day, and of course, they weren't. Nobody was. Flash forward a few years later and my teenage friends and I would hang out downstairs and a few times we decided to use a Ouija dun, board. Dun, dun. The board I had was very old. It was my dad's from when he was a kid and he claimed that he used to talk to his grandmother with it. That's cool. Almost every time we used the board, after a few minutes, the planchette would start doing really strange things. It would move back and forth through the alphabet, often spelling out A-Z-A-Z, making weird patterns, 
and eventually sliding off the board, which I later learned might mean a demon is trying to escape from the board. My friends and I never thought much of it. We just thought it was some ghost messing with us. And I honestly didn't know about Zozo until I started listening to your podcast, but now I'm 100% sure that's who we were talking to the entire time. Flash forward a few more years to my wedding in 2018. My husband and I got married in an old historical castle in Newport, Rhode Island, and the place was beautiful, but I was also pretty sure it was haunted, given how old it was. Since a few of my high school friends were coming to the wedding, who I hadn't seen in a few years, I thought it might be fun to bring the Ouija board and play it for old time's sake while we were getting ready. Eh, better not. I'm pretty sure this was one of the strangest things my hair and makeup ladies had ever seen. I definitely wasn't your typical bride. That's amazing. (laughs) When we started playing, the planchette immediately started doing the same thing and spelling out A-Z-A-Z. A-Z-A-Z? As, 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 as. As, 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 as. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, Zozo's known to do weird things like that. And I think maybe that's one of the names he spells out on the board. Hmm. Or it could be Z-A-Z-A-Z-A, you know? Zaza. Pizza. Mmm. This time we asked it, are you a ghost? It responded, no. We asked, are you a demon? It responded, yes. Are you attached to the board? No. Are you attached to Jen? Yes. That was enough for us. We closed out the session after that. Nothing else strange happened that day, and the wedding was amazing. But I am a little concerned now that I might have a demon attached to me. Thanks for letting me share my story. Congrats on your engagement, Sabrina. I hope no demons make an appearance at your wedding. Stay spooky, ladies, and I'll see you on the other side, Jen. Wow. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Also, what a cute childhood. I know. Also, I think it's very cute that her childhood friends came to her wedding and that they played. Granted, I, you know, I have my opinion about Ouija boards, but I think it's really sweet that they were like, oh, let's play at the wedding, you know? Yeah, they did something that was brought back from their childhood together. I'm very curious about her imaginary friend called Witchy. And where was Witchy to protect her from this demonic presence on her wedding day? Or was Witchy Zozo? Because it's attached to Jen. Jen, things you should disclose to your future husband. I may have a demon attached to me. Though I guess she didn't find out until right before. Yeah. I wonder if she, when she said, till death do us part, or when the whoever said it, if they did traditional whatever it's called. I don't know. I don't know weddings. <laughs> the wedding stuff. I mean, it's different for everyone, I guess. But I wonder if if that was said, if before she said, I do, if she was thinking about like, yes, I am tying myself to my partner, my soulmate for the rest of time. Or if she was like, till death do us part. Oh no, there's a demon attached to me. Who was she really thinking of in that moment? I hope she wasn't thinking of the demon. It would be hard not to if that just happened. But she said the wedding went well. They closed out and nothing else strange happened. I don't know. When you're getting married, there's so many things in your mind. I guarantee the demon like was like out of her mind, out of sight, out of mind type of thing after that moment. Those makeup ladies were probably like, holy shit. What is happening? What is going on? That's awesome, though. Speaking of, can I I need to real quick unlock my door because my neighbor is bringing me cake and I told her to leave it on my table so hold on wow that's so nice it's Brittany. her mom bought us a cake last night and she was like take it home and then we forgot so she's dropping it off well, i forgot you're in a new apartment and your neighbors are your friends yes and now cake mm. <laughs> okay i'm just gonna be eating cake and drinking wine this entire episode please hold. <laughs> 
What a night you're having. I really am. You're drinking wine. You're talking to me. This is the best night. And I'm <laughs> about to eat some cake. cake. You're telling ghost stories. Best night. Leia was sitting on your lap earlier. It's true. This is like the best night ever. Nick and I are going to watch a movie after this. It's so good. So good. So good. Okay. Okay. It's called Creepy Things My Three-Year-Old Says from Talia. Hello, ghostesses. I wrote you a while back about my experience at the Stanley Hotel, but today I'm writing you about my three-year-old and how I strongly believe children have a sixth sense. It all started a few months ago. It was late at night and he was dead asleep. He woke up, looked at the door to our room and said, Hey, I thought he was talking to me. Our room and bathroom are connected and I had the bathroom door open while I was getting ready for bed. I said, Hey, back. But he ignored me. And a few moments later, he said, No, she can't see you. And then he laid back down and fell asleep like nothing (gasps) happened. Also, this is the most complete sentence I'd heard him speak. He was two at the time, so it was odd. He didn't seem scared, though, although it was super weird and I didn't worry too much. A few days later, he was talking to my mom and told her, you're my daughter. I think he might be getting visits from my grandfather who passed away when I was 16. He was my best friend and like a father figure to me. My son's middle name is my grandpa's first name. And as soon as I found out I was having a boy, I knew I wanted his name in my son's name. Nothing happened for a while until about a week ago. Once again, he woke up out of a dead sleep and his eyes were following something. I could see his head move slowly as if he was watching something slowly move across the room. He would lay down and then get back up and look again. Oh, this is so oh my creepy. gosh. This happened about three times before he went back to bed. And finally, today, I took him to the park before anyone had gotten there. And I got him out of the car and he kept telling me that he wanted to talk to the little girl, quote, over there. Again, we were the only (laughs) people in the park. He kept insisting on talking to the girl. And I told him, I don't see a girl. Where is she? And he pointed and he said, over there. Super matter of factly, like, duh, mom, she's right there. And I shrugged it off. And that was it. My son has also started asking, do you think it'll rain? Which is what my grandpa used to do to change the subject or when there was an awkward situation. My child uses it when there's an awkward silence. No, that's so damn cute. I have no clue where my child could have gotten this so randomly. I really think that since children are vulnerable and haven't been told these things aren't real by anyone yet, they are often visited. If he is getting visits from my grandpa, I think it's amazing and I wouldn't want to take that away from him. Anyways, I love the podcast, but I can only listen to a little bit at a time because at bedtime, I'm too creeped out. <laughs> LOL. Whispers, see you on the other side. Talia. Okay. I have so many thoughts because what if he's her grandfather reincarnated? Yeah. Like him saying to her mom, you're my daughter. You're my daughter. And then do you think it'll rain? Yeah. Like he's using all his terminology he is it's all it's weird because it's kind of yeah it's almost like a bit of a reincarnation story but at the same time there's a whole part of him being like yeah no she can't see you and just interacting with someone who's visiting him at night but if he's seeing a little ghost girl uh, at the park who knows maybe there's another ghost it is super creepy the whole she can't see you right like that okay so Her son is three, so I wonder, as his vocabulary increases, what else will come out from him? Yeah. Oh, scary. Ah. 
children just, I can't even imagine like being a parent and hearing those things and being so freaked out by those things. And then you have to comfort them and be like, yeah, no, it's okay. I love that meme that says like a little kid coming in, mom, like I'm scared. There's something under my bed or something like that. And I, I'm going to, I'm butchering it, but it's basically like, so what? And I'm not coming in there. I'm scared too. Yeah. Well, I hope it doesn't come after me. <laughs> yeah. I totally butchered that. It's so much better than that. I just said. <laughs> we'll have to find it. Yeah. It's out there. We probably Instagrammed it before. Probably. Oh, yeah. I'm so curious. I wonder who the little girl is. And yeah, I don't know. I really do wonder. Or do you think there are moments where because the children are so young, do you think that there are moments where they're able to just kind of like be a medium and just ha- channel another spirit? I mean, that's maybe, very possible. Or yeah. maybe he's a little medium growing up and he's gonna be maybe he is his life and like during the awkward silences his grandpa is like always with him always right there mm-hmm. and so during those awkward silences his grandpa just slips in and says do you think it'll rain or the other thing is it's he's at an age where you know kids are are soaking up information and are probably repeating a lot of what they hear so whether that be something that he just heard his grandfather said that he's saying or maybe in that moment his grandfather's right there saying do you think it'll rain and he's just parroting it saying do you think it'll rain also that's such a grandfather line yeah oh that's sweet though i know i love it i saw something out of the corner of my eye again dylan good old vermont okay i'm scared for you Okay, this one is called Mr. Goat Hands. I was hoping you would read that one. I saw the title in our folder and I was like, what the hell could this be? And there's a sketch, but don't look at it yet. Okay. Okay, this is from Becca. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina and Leia. I'm a new listener and I finished the Ghost Pets episode today, which made me cry and miss my dog who died a year ago, but I loved it nonetheless. But that is not what this email is about. I have a few stories to share. So I'm sorry for the lengthy email in advance. Don't apologize, girl. (laughs) She says, my first story is about the first ghost I saw in the back of my old house in Nevada. So it happened about three or four years ago. I've always felt uncomfortable alone in my own house and always had to have as many lights on around me as I could. This meant my room light, the lights in the hall, and even sometimes the light in my brother's room, which was right across the hall from mine. From my bed, you can see the stairs that led up to the second floor and it had a hanging light above it. In the hall, there was a light right at the beginning of the hall, then another closer to my door, and a third closer to the bathroom at the end of the hall. One night, I was home alone and only had the light by my door on and the one by my bathroom on. So the one at the beginning of the hall and the one over the stairs were both off. I was sitting in bed reading with my dog right beside me. I was home alone and was going to be alone for another three hours. I had my TV on in the background for noise to make me feel less alone, which sounds kind of sad, haha. I'm zoned out into my book and not paying attention to anything happening around me when I soon heard, hey, you, look up, coming from my TV. I was watching Friends for the 50th time on an episode where they've never said that, but I thought maybe I've just never noticed that they said it in this episode, so I go back to reading. About 10 minutes later, I feel something push my chin up as if someone was trying to make me look up. So naturally, I look up, my eyes drift to my hallway, and I see this twisted, shadowy figure traveling up my stairs. I close my book and grab it to my side to see if my dog was beside me still, just to make sure it wasn't him walking up the stairs. He was still chilling beside me, chewing on a teddy bear. I don't take my eyes off this figure because I'm too scared to, because who knows what will happen when I do. This shadow creature thing begins to move slowly towards me, and my TV just shuts off out of nowhere. 
My heart is in my throat and I feel paralyzed and sick. And all I could do was just hold my now irritated dog. The shadow thing continues toward me, but as soon as it hits the light by my door, it vanishes. I've never felt so uneasy in my entire life, and that's why I always keep my door closed, even at my new apartment. P.S. Corinne, don't forget to close your closet door. Nah. The second story is more sad and heartwarming than spooky. Recently, my grandfather had passed away, and about a month before he did, I had a dream that he died. When I was told he passed, I felt okay with it because of my dream from a month before. I knew it was going to happen, and it didn't come as a shock. Last week was his funeral, and I was sitting alone because I don't do well at social events because of my anxiety, and all of a sudden, I felt cold all over my body, except for my cheeks. My cheeks felt warm. When my grandpa was alive, he'd always hold my face in his big bare hands and tell me how much he loved me. I felt like he was there at his funeral and saw me alone and wanted to say that he loved me one last time. I couldn't explain why I started crying because I don't cry at funerals because I prefer to cry alone. I'm not heartless, I swear. <laughs> Another recent story that happened three days ago was I was talking to my friend about safe ghost games to play because she wanted something spooky to do when she went camping. Before I get further into the story, an important detail is that I'm allergic to cats. Sorry, Leia. And I get hives when I'm near them. I tell my friend about this game called Cat Scratch, where you basically sit in a circle of people with someone's head in your lap, and you tell them two stories about cats. At the end of the game, the person with their head in the lap is supposed to have three long scratches down their back, but they don't feel it happen. So I'm at work when I'm telling her this, and as soon as I finish telling her the second story about the cat, I get hives all over my right arm. Ghost cat? My last story is the most recent. I live in Minnesota, right across the street from a cornfield. Around this area, we have no street lamps, which coming from a city like Las Vegas, I find odd, but maybe it's just a small farm town thing. It was around 8.30 at night, so the sun was just beginning to go down, and all of a sudden, I feel sick and uncomfortable, and I needed fresh air. So I go to open up my bedroom window, and when I look out my window, I see a black blob in the middle of the road, but looking closer, I realized it was a black goat. I didn't find it odd. I thought maybe he just escaped from the farm up the road or something like that. But then I realized the farm up the road only has cows, rabbits, and horses because I've been there before. This goat was just standing perfectly still smack dead in the center of the road. I thought it was hurt. So I continued to watch it to see what it was doing. And when it finally moved, I saw that its front hooves were really gray, awful hands with long fingers. Ew. I wish I was lying. I decided I didn't need fresh air anymore, and I went to shower instead to get my mind off whatever the fuck I just saw. Coming back into my room, my curiosity got the best of me, and I peeked out my window once more, and the goat had moved from the middle of the road to the grass area right by my building. I got so scared, I closed my blinds completely, which I've never done in the two years that I've lived here. I watched some TV to shake it all off and get my mind off of it before bed. And around... 3.30 in the morning, I woke up naturally, I have trouble staying asleep, and forgot why I closed my blinds, so I pull them back open, and I see a black blur dash into the corn across the street thanks to the only light on my street. The apartment signs light. I found nothing of it and made some tea to help me fall back asleep, and this morning when I woke up for work, I looked out the window again, and sorry if you're reading this at night, there was a handprint on the outside of my window with long fingers. I'm literally slinking down into my bed so that my back is not exposed. <laughs> I live on the second floor and I think it's safe to say I'm never sleeping in my room again. Thank you for reading and thanks for making my 
absolute favorite podcast ever. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. Love Becca. P.S. I sketched Mr. Goat Hands for you, but he or she looked much more awful in person. Look at the photo. Ew, it's disturbing. I'm going to ask Becca if we can post it on social media. Also beautiful drawing. Beautiful. Becca, do you design merch too? I know. Well, Miss Artist. Mm -hmm. I wish I could draw like that. Like, oh, I saw a ghost and then just whip out like the most beautiful sketch. I know. That would be great. Not as talented as I would like to be. Wow. Okay. Ew, that's so, it's so reminding me of the witch. And oh, what's this? Yes. What's the goat's name? Black, like Peter, or like Patrick or something. Black David, Black Philip. Black Philip. Yes. I knew it was a P name. Yeah, it's so, that's so creepy. If it's something paranormal, it bothers me that it let, because clearly it knows that she was there. Mm-hmm. So it bothers me that it let her observe it for so long without like exposing its true self, you know? Right. Like it let her wonder like, what is that? Why is that there? What's that goat doing? And then the fear that she must have felt after spending so much time in proximity to Mr. Gohans. And it was outside her window still at 3.30 in the morning. So it was standing there and maybe because she said it dashed back into the cornfield. Maybe at that moment, it's when its hand was on the window. And when she opened the blinds, it like went superhuman fast back into the cornfield. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I hate fields. Yeah. Same. (laughs) i only like them during the daytime i just you know i hate everything i'm just gonna hide inside even i'm scared of being inside too because twice now in recording tonight i've been scared this is so scary it's like the nighttime just darkness makes everything scarier because you can't see what's happening yeah like where did mr goat hands dash off to if it were daytime maybe you'd be like oh my god that was just some weird phantom because you just see mr goat hands run off and half fade and fizzle out but like to not see where the creature went that's just so i wouldn't sleep i wouldn't sleep for days i wouldn't be anywhere i'd probably be in the hallway i'd be like fuck that i'm not gonna be by any windows by any doors like hell no granted i think she was living in a different place in her first story but her first story of the weird shadow figure climbing up the hallway stairs and towards her is also terrifying that's true she's she's not not safe in the hallway either this is the worst predicament. <laughs> where do you go? I don't know. To quote Billie Eilish, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? I'm not sure new James Bond song I love. She's just my favorite person. Me too. I'd be friends with her. Absolutely. What do you have? This is called Butterfly Kisses. This is from Jen. Hi, ladies. I just recently found your podcast and I've been binging it for the past few days. Thank you so much for the podcast and for making me a little less crazy for loving all things paranormal. Mm. Never crazy, folks. Just a little it's bit. Always Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I almost said ho, 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 but that's not <laughs> ho, ho, ho. You know what? We can do whatever we want. That's true. This is our podcast. This is our life. Okay. While I do think I'm sensitive to spirits and energies, a lot of my encounters have been based on bad vibes or feelings of dread rather than full body apparitions, which I am definitely not complaining about. (laughs) The exception to this rule are my dreams. 
Every time a significant person in my life has died, I've had a dream about them in the days following their death. They aren't scary dreams, more like the spirits of my loved ones just wanting to check in and let me know that they're happy and it's okay for me to move on. My favorite experience with this afterlife, though, was after my grandmother died. She was the kindest, warmest person I've ever known and always had a hug or a kind word for any of her nine kids, 12 grandkids, and 15 or so great grandkids. Wow. She and my grandfather were married for over 60 years, so when he died, all the life seemed to go out of her. She had spent a lifetime with this person, and all of a sudden he was gone, and she didn't know how to live without him. When she died five years after him, it was almost a relief. Yes, we would all miss her. But hopefully now she could rest and be reunited with our grandfather. The day of her funeral, the whole 30 plus person family was there to say goodbye for the last time. Once the coffin was lowered into the ground next to my grandfather, one of my cousins told all of the grandkids and great grandkids to take a flower from one of the floral arrangements to remember her by. We did as we were told, all sniffling and crying. And as we did so, a small white butterfly came fluttering over to us. It didn't go straight for the flowers, but instead took some time circling each of us slowly before finally setting on the hand of my youngest cousin. No. As it did, I noticed that the inside of its wings were purple, my grandmother's favorite color. It rested on my cousin for what felt like forever. Oh, I have chills. This is so sweet. Then did another turn around the grandkids, bumping lightly against my forehead when it passed, right where my grandma always used to kiss me when I came to visit, and then flew away. As I watched it fly away, I knew that it had been my grandmother checking in on her family one last time before finding my grandfather in whatever afterlife he had been waiting for her in. (laughs) Every so often, I see a white little butterfly with purple wings, and I know it's her checking in on me. Thanks again for your terrifying, heartwarming, and amazing podcast. See you on the other side, Jen. P.S. I know you aren't the biggest fan of the woman in white trope, but did you know that my name, Jennifer, literally means white phantom? I guess I know what I'll be doing in my afterlife. Hot damn. No way. Diggity damn. That is so cool. I had no idea. What if all the women in white are named Jennifer? Oh my God. The Jens. You're so lucky, Jen. You're going to be able to meet Jennifer Aniston. That's (laughs) immediately where I went to. I was like, wait a second. Rachel from Friends? Wait, this is a beautiful story. So beautiful. It's not just like, oh, perfect timing of the butterfly. It's that each cousin, all it was just the grandkids. Each grandkid got visited by the butterfly, visited by the grandmother. Because like the youngest are going to be the ones that have a really hard time understanding what's happening, especially the youngest of cousins. So it was so sweet that the grandmother in butterfly form went to each individual cousin, spent time with them, and then circled back again and then gave her a little butterfly kiss right on her Uh, forehead. Oh, it's so sweet and so special. As I just touched my forehead, I realized my mom has a like home wax kit and I did it with her and I am still a little sticky. I've got a a sticky (laughs) stash. (laughs) Better than a hairy stash. Better than a hairy stash. Oh, my gosh. But I want a little butterfly kiss from grandma. Oh, it's so sweet. It's so wonderful. I love the way that family members choose to appear. And that's such a simple one that in the way that it acted, it was so clear that it was a message from their grandmother. Right. I know. 
if you could appear as sort of like a benign i mean you know the answer to this correct you're gonna be a cat yeah what would you be i think a bat a bat just so you can rhyme with me oh my gosh corinne if we die at the same time you and i should both go together as i'll be a cat you'll be a bat and we'll go make our rounds and, and we'll hug in a write, rug <laughs> yeah and people will write cute little children's story about the cat and the bat who came from the afterlife to say hello and goodbye so adorable so many children's books over here two girls one book <laughs> but i think a bat okay bats are freaking cute they are I agree they're like that. little dogs with wings and i love them so Bats, number one, are adorable. Number two, it's something spooky. So it'd be like, of course, Corinne would show up as a bat. Just like, of course, Sabrina would show up as a cat. And you can fly around. I can fly around. And I mean, there's a few scenarios where you would normally see bats. If you just saw a bat out out of that norm, it would be very much a clear sign, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I know. If you ever change your mind, let me know so I can keep track. Okay. This is from Kayla. And her subject line is, I have a message for my children. Hello, lovely Corinne and Sabrina, my ghostesses. Let me start by saying I absolutely love your podcast. I have been binging your podcast on my long rides to and from work. And I know all the other drivers think I am nuts because of all the crazy facial expressions and laughing I do when in the car alone. (laughs) I've been contemplating sending you this encounter for a while, but I have been reluctant to share because I didn't know if they were significant or not. At the insistence of my daughter, here goes. I've always been a little sensitive, and as a child, my sister and I were visited by my cousin in the middle of the night, saying, I love you guys. Watch out for Sean, Tori, and Tara for me. My sister and I always loved and looked up to this particular cousin, so we just shook our heads, signifying yes. The next morning at breakfast, my mother was rushing around frantically and having hushed conversations with my dad, obviously not wanting to alarm us. After breakfast, my dad sat us down as a family and told us that my cousin, who I will call Jay, died in a motorcycle accident the evening before. My sister and I looked at each other confused and said emphatically, that can't be true because Jay was just here. My mom said, what do you mean he was just here? And that's when we both started speaking in tandem, saying that Jay was here last night in our room and told us to watch out for Sean, Tori, and Tara and that he loved us. My very religious mother said, no, you were dreaming. That is not possible. My sister and I both replied, then how did we both have the same exact dream? It was so baffling to our little minds and completely unexplainable, but we were instructed not to tell my cousin's children about our dream message. But being the defiant kid, I told them right after the funeral. I don't know if they believed us, but they seemed relieved to know that their dad was thinking about them, even though he was no longer physically here. A father's love truly lived on. I have a very diverse background when it comes to the spiritual world. I am an ordained preacher, so I'm supposed to be a skeptic, but my experiences have thrown all skepticism out of the water. I love, love, love the podcast. Keep doing what you do. You ladies are amazing. I have more encounters I can share if you want them. Kayla. Oh my gosh. I'm just, it's sad because I'm thinking of the panic that he probably felt in the moment that he realized Mm -hmm. he had passed over and was like, oh shoot, I need to get to someone who I love and trust right now to make sure that my kids are going to be good. I know. And I'm sure he probably tried to contact his kids directly, but not everyone's open. Or maybe he did, but he didn't know if it got through. So he went to as many people as possible to try to get it, get the message across. Or like depending on the the age of the children, mm-hmm. maybe he wasn't even thinking, I need to go see my kids. It was like, shit, who's going to take care of my children? 
right. who's going to make sure that they're all right. That I don't know if there was another partner in the picture, but if the other partner is all right. Right. But I mean, they were young too. So like to, to go to two young kids is a gamble of like, will this message come across? You know? True. Maybe but it did. Perhaps it, it was did. because they shared a room together. So it was two is better. More than, likely yeah. for two people with a shared experience to be like, did you just see that? Did you just see that? Yeah. Wait instead of thinking that they were crazy or maybe they just had a dream yeah to know am, that they were truly visited glad that they told their cousins kids regardless Me of too. if they believed them believe the story or not i think i'm sure they look back at it today and probably are like that was a message i know it's nice i feel like when it comes to losing a loved one as hurtful as it can be to revisit all of those feelings and to finally feel like maybe in in that one particular moment you're okay and then someone brings it up again and then your world just kind of crashes down once more. I think, like you said, having all of those things to reflect on when you're finally feeling a little stronger and a little more whole again is really beautiful. So people might be reluctant to bring things up, but I think you never know what's going to stick and what's really going to resonate with someone. Mm -hmm. So if you have some sort of visitation or thing that you think might be a message, pass it on. Pass it on. You never know. It's like that story. Oh God, did you read it? Maybe a few weeks ago on one of our episodes where, or maybe I was, oh, it was, I saw a post on our Facebook page and it was someone saying that they were like at a club with friends and like they just kept getting like they saw this guy and this girl like kept getting like a message and it was to tell the guy that my leg hurts and she was like super confused by it but the feeling and the thought of it wouldn't leave her so she finally goes up to this guy who is a complete stranger and says I don't know why I need to say this to you but I feel like I have to say it and she goes my leg hurts and the guy just starts breaking down crying because apparently his father had passed away a year ago. They had, before he died, made a pact that if he ever were to die, that he would come back and say some completely random sentence that they decided on and prove that he was still there and that there's an afterlife. And the sentence that they decided on was, my leg hurts. No way. I have so many chills. Mm-hmm. So like this complete stranger just had the, the this weird, overwhelming sensation and need to say this thing to a complete stranger. And by doing so and following that gut instinct and that weird voice that was telling him to do it, it just brought together so much love for this guy. It's amazing. Just say, just tell people. I know. And now I'm thinking of like, what sentence can I put together that's kind of basic enough that someone could say it? not overly specific, but also specific enough that no random stranger would just say it to you. Right. Like my leg hurts is such a good one. You could steal it. No, I don't want to steal their special moment from them. I like frozen grapes. (laughs) That's a good one. But I feel like, yeah, I guess if a stranger just came up and was like, I like frozen grapes, you'd Mm -hmm. be like, holy shit. Yeah. Or turquoise underwear. I don't know. (laughs) That's a good one. That will be my message for you. Turquoise underwear? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, that's really good. Now I need to come up with a good one for you. It can be the same. Okay. Yeah. We can have a shared turquoise underwear. Okay, great. Can you imagine being in a bar or just anywhere and someone coming up and being like, I don't know why. And I hope that I'm not offending you. And please do not call security. But turquoise underwear. (laughs) 
<laughs> I would crack up. I'd be like, if I were, if it were reversed and you were doing it for me, I'd be like, of course she's choosing this moment and like making this person feel so, so like a grocery store or like church. And it's like, uh, turquoise underwear. Oh my gosh. I will for sure make it really strange for you. <laughs> Just like choose the person that would be most embarrassed by it, but mm-hmm. also most likely to tell. Yeah. Okay. I have an email. This is from Jamie and it's called, So I Think I Was Haunted by Jim Croce. Hey ladies, I just discovered your podcast about a week ago and I am loving it. I'm an elementary school counselor and it is back to school season for us. Your podcast is the perfect thing to turn on when I'm driving home on my 45 minute commute after a long day with the kiddos. So thank you. I've had a few small encounters here and there throughout my life, but fortunately nothing too scary. My house growing up, built in 1849, had some activity, but luckily it was pretty minuscule compared to the stories y'all have shared. (laughs) Although I will say that my town is absolutely filled with paranormal activity. Check it out. Saratoga Springs, New York. (laughs) It is a very haunted historic town. I wanted to share a fun little story with you guys. It kind of gives me the chills, but kind of makes me laugh and makes me happy at the same time. As counselor, I would tell myself it's okay to have multiple feelings at the same time. It's true. I'm just curious as to how it makes you feel. Okay, here we go. A few years ago, I was listening to the song Bad, Bad Leroy Brown by Jim Croce. There is a lyric in the song that says the main character had a, quote, a razor in his shoe. Well, I learned this and I burst out laughing, texting my sister that whole time because I had thought that bad, bad Leroy Brown had a raisin in his shoe. (laughs) I swear this is the tipping point for my story, as hilarious as it is. After that, I started hearing the song Don't Mess Around with Jim, also Jim Croce, which is why I think me texting my sister about the song Bad Bad Leroy Brown started it all. And I was hearing Don't Mess Around with Jim everywhere. I mean, everywhere. It was weird. I would get into my car and the song Don't Mess Around with Jim would be playing. I would listen to it to its entirety on the radio, walk into a store and the song would be playing. I say I listened to it in my car in its entirety because my first thought was, oh, okay, well, maybe the store is listening to the same radio station I was. But again, the radio station I was listening to in my car had finished the song and then I would hear it again in the store or the coffee shop or somewhere right after it was getting comical weird there was one week where you guys i swear i couldn't get away from it (laughs) i would put my ipod on shuffle yes this was pre-iphone time and the song would come on i didn't even know the song was on my ipod the song would legit follow me everywhere i went every time i was in my car every time i was in a store every time i was in a restaurant or a coffee shop i just laughed about it and i wasn't experiencing anything else and i hadn't felt scared or dread or sadness or cold or anything so you could say i was kind of embracing it (laughs) thought it was temporary and i just kept living my life so then it gets a bit weird up to this point i laughed about it my whole family did my parents would text me and ask how's the ghost of jim croce treating you today (laughs) and i would respond and tell them that yes once again the song won't leave me alone but then two things happened i'll start with the less creepy of the two oh no i get into my car and sure as shit the song is playing i listen to it i change the radio station and it's playing on a different radio station the song goes something like You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off of the old Lone Ranger. And you don't mess around with Jim. So I listen to the song again. Then I get pulled over for speeding. 
I get a ticket. What's the cop's name? Jim. (gasps) I was being warned not to mess around with Jim. I got chills. (sighs) Whoa. I got a speeding ticket, called my parents, and laughed my ass off. (laughs) And then once again, continued with my life. So the creepy thing, though, this is the only thing that makes me feel the slightest bit creeped out. I go to the lake house to spend some time with my cousins during this time period, and my uncle had just passed away, and we were all talking about how my cousin was having dreams about him and had felt his presence. The conversation shifted to if anyone else had ever experienced paranormal activity. My mom, dad, and sister looked at me and burst into laughter. I told my cousins what was going on, that I think I'm being haunted by the ghost of Jim Croce, and also feel protected by him because he warned me to slow down. I didn't, and I got a speeding ticket. (laughs) My cousins are laughing. We're all laughing. Eventually, the weekend ends, and we go our separate ways. My cousin texts me a few days later and said that when we left the lake house the next day, they went to a hotel. My cousin and his wife were sitting on the balcony of the hotel, their two kids sleeping on the beds inside. The doors to the balcony were open. My cousin brings up the story to his wife and they start laughing about it. And then all of a sudden, the back door into the hotel off of the balcony slams shut and they both felt cold immediately. All of the outdoor sounds just stopped and they were stuck in a moment of terrifying, absolute silence. My cousin's wife says, well, holy shit, baby, we really shouldn't mess around with Jim. Once she said that, everything went back to normal. All the outside sounds, the birds, the bugs, the cars, etc. returned and they felt normal temperature again. Weird. They went inside and they checked on their kids who were totally fine and sound asleep. They looked at each other with wide eyes and agreed to never talk about it again. Everything stopped after that. The song stopped stalking me and I haven't had any weird run-ins with anyone named Jim. But still to this day, if I hear a Jim Croce song, especially Don't Mess Around With Jim, I can't help but experience a mix of emotions. Happy, protected, and a bit creeped out. Thank you for reading. Thank you for this podcast. And I will see you on the other side. XO Jamie. Wow. I am so curious if it's just, if it is Jim, the songwriter, or if it's some other guardian in her life who was using that music to warn her about being pulled over by a Jim and for her speeding. Yeah, don't mess around with Jim. Maybe it was a nice little premonition. Don't mess around with Jim. It's so interesting. It also, I like to think the nice version of this, I kind of like to think that maybe she had just, maybe her old spirit guide had retired or moved on or something. And there was a new spirit guide that had been promoted. <laughs> and this was his first job. And his name was Jim. And they were like, just be cool, Jim. Like, you're just a spirit guide. You're just there to observe, to watch, to just protect, step in when you need to. But don't insert yourself into her life if you don't need to. Don't Mm -hmm. let her know who you are if you don't need to. And this like new spirit guide just couldn't help himself. He just was like, I need her to know. Which is like, Jim, 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 Jim. I also love the fact that if all of this was all to warn her about getting pulled over by a officer jim that the extremes that this entity the spirit guardian went to to warn her about it about a speeding ticket well of course it was his first duty right but like what's he gonna do if there's anything else like what if a speeding ticket is in the grand scheme of things yes don't speed but like not the worst thing in the world so what would the spirit guardian do if it was like uh she's gonna get rear-ended you know 
I don't even know, but I love to think that like this was his first job and he took it so intensely and like really took it to the extreme or she, well, I'm assuming his name is Jim, but that was because I thought that his name was Jim and not that he was just warning about Jim, the policeman. So maybe you're right. Maybe there is no identity at all. Yeah. Maybe, maybe spirit guides just are. Yeah. Very cool. But otherwise I don't really know why the ghost of this singer would follow her maybe they're connected in some past life i don't know oh maybe i'm a fan of the story it's so good i know i'm so curious okay this is a story from danica and it's called iranda castle of the white lady dear corinne and sabrina i recently discovered your discovered your podcast and now i have a problem i no longer listen to anything but your podcast My name is Danica, and I live in Western New York. In fact, I live only 15 minutes away from Rolling Hills Asylum, another location featured on your podcast. Since listening, I have decided to try and visit any spooky location in the vicinity of my location. Oh, that's so cool. Love that. Yesterday, I convinced my boyfriend of two years, who's quite the skeptic, to make the 45-minute drive to the Castle of the White Lady in Arondequoy. I believe the first location in Western New York that you talked about on the podcast. It was absolutely stunning. What a beautiful area. We climbed the 200-year-old cement staircase and looked out at the remains of the two towers to see across Lake Ontario. Of course, there was assorted graffiti, but the most interesting piece was a bone-chilling Ouija board carved into the remains of the castle. Insert heebie-jeebies here. Oh, that's scary. We hiked all along the wooded area and smaller lake located behind the castle. My boyfriend, the skeptic, Much to my surprise, even described the feeling of the area as warm and comforting without me even asking. It was odd because that was exactly what I was feeling. I was expecting creepy or ghostly vibes, but instead the atmosphere was friendly and very comfortable. The only spooky part that came out of it, which I did not share with my boyfriend, was while hiking the wooded area surrounding the smaller lake behind her castle. From behind me while walking, I felt something on the back of my head. It was very close to the feeling of someone tangling their fingers into your hair, but in a playful way and not in a threatening manner at all. Again, I would describe it as comforting and I was not scared. And not long after the feeling of fingers in my hair disappeared, I also felt someone place their hand gingerly on the small of my back. My boyfriend was walking in front of me, so I know it was not him. And the trees were so tall, it's not like it was a branch either. It was still a friendly feeling, so I put my hand behind me and just kept walking. Both of these small experiences occurred when we were backtracking to exit the area. I couldn't help but think that maybe whatever it was happened to be enjoying our company and maybe didn't want us to go. We'll definitely be back to visit someday. Anyway, thank you for the inspiration to start my own little series of spooky adventures. You guys are the best. Stay spooky and see you on the other side, Danica. Oh my gosh. The hair pulling. I don't know. But... It could be like a kid or just, you know, someone who likes her hair. True. I've had my hair pulled before. It's just, it's kind of like a, I don't know, they're touching you. So yeah, it's not totally. just like a feeling of, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, maybe there's a cold space, like touching your leg or your arm or there's no doubt that you're being touched when your hair is yanked. Yes. And a hand on the back of her, on the small of her back, which I don't know, I feel like you can tell the difference between something with malintent over something more innocent. And like she said, the whole place had this comforting, warm vibe. 
Yes, that's true. That's true. I'm just defaulting to creepy because I'm like, oh, I don't want my hair to be pulled. But you're right. Maybe it was just like a loving gesture of, of like, look at me, notice me, or just like, you're you're so pretty. Or I don't know. Yeah. Or Something like, like that. Leave. Yeah. Don't leave me yet. I'm back. You'll never leave. You'll always be here. That voice that just came out of me vibrated my entire body. That's weird. And yours sounded very Harry Potter-esque. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so honored. You're welcome. This is from our listener, Erica. It is called Rock and Roll Experience. Oh. Hey, gals. My name is Erica, and I think I have a pretty interesting experience to share. So my favorite band in the whole world is The Doors. And a few years ago, I went to California for a little vacay. The first day I was there, my mama and I decided it would be fun to go to a Doors tour because that's where they're from. And there are some pretty cool spots for you to go. Anyway, there's a sketchy looking motel in downtown LA where Jim Morrison, the singer for The Doors, lived for a while. You can take a little tour of his room and there's a whole bunch of graffiti and art on the walls from fans who have visited prior. It's really cool looking. That's awesome. After halfway through, I started feeling a strong presence. The only word I can describe is heavy. I didn't say anything because I can feel vibes easily and this would be a kind of normal occurrence. So we left and we went to get some lunch at a cute little restaurant across the street. That is when it gets real. Right as we got seated, I started crying bawling my eyes out. Oh my Nothing God. triggered it. It just happened. But they weren't my tears. Maybe it was just from all of the residual energy from all of the morning fans who visited the room, but these tears were legit and it was kind of awkward, but oh well. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just like, what can you do? Oh, wow. So a little bit after I started crying, I looked over at the table next to us and I saw Jim. Another Jim. What? <laughs> Well, this time Jim Morrison. I know, I know. But like, she saw him. I know. He was looking at me and smiling. I could tell that he thought it was funny, the fact that I was so emotional. It's weird because my group of friends would joke about how he would like to mess with people like that and spook them. I decided to see if I could connect with his spirit in any way. So I decided to ask some questions. I asked him how he died because it's up to debate. Was it a murder, an overdose, an accident? Or did he disappear and fake his death? I got an answer. In Jim's voice, I heard, I don't know, man. I just wanted to take a bath. <gasps> that freaked me out. So I just, I have chills. <laughs> I'm getting chills so much this episode. Woo! Oh my gosh. So I decided to try and get more out of him. I asked if he missed his bandmates and I didn't get a verbal response, but I got this really strong urge that I needed to go to Robbie, the guitarist. Then I heard, I miss him a lot, you know? By now, I've stopped crying, and I was still feeling an intense heaviness that I had felt before. As I looked out the window, which shows the motel, I saw Jim walking across the street in his leather pants and jacket, and Jim told me that he was on his way to the Whiskey A Go-Go. So we ate lunch with the presence of Jim Morrison. Groovy, huh? <laughs> we hopped into the car, and I thought it would be fun to play some doors. Now, Jim died before the release of the L.A. Woman album. And the first song that came on shuffle was the song L.A. Woman. Hmm. Jim was still with me, and I knew that he hadn't been able to listen to the song a whole lot. He kept telling me how good they sounded. He was proud. Oh. It was sweet. Oh, Thanks well. for reading. And I hope you found this story kind of interesting. Yeah, Erica. I did. 
Wait, oh my gosh, I wish that she had followed him to Whiskey A Go-Go. I know! I have so many chills. Oh my gosh. Is he coming to... Am I having chills just because of the email? Or is Jim Morrison about to be in my in my room with me? Oh my god, I don't know, man. Jim, I don't even know what you look like. I will get scared. Google real quick. Google it real quick. Okay, I should know this. I think I know what he looks like, but I'm uncertain. Let's see if I was right. You'll recognize him. Yes, this is exactly who I was picturing. That's good. Probably ingrained into my mind because of my mother. But yes, it makes me wonder if other people have experienced him because it seems like he's very willing to appear to people. Sounds like we need another haunted celebrities episode. Please. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So wild. That's so funny that. Yeah, that he likes to show up to fans and be involved. Mm -hmm. And that she was so sensitive that she really got like a whole long... Felt everything he was feeling. Yeah. But then he like laughed at the fact that she was crying. I know. Come on, Jim. He's like, <laughs> feel what I feel. Feel what I feel. That's really I don't know what cool. how he actually speaks, but that's the voice I gave him for this. I liked your voice for him. Email. Like Thanks. It. It's kind of like groovy rock and roll, smoke a bunch of joints, but then also almost have a Southern drawl. Almost. Yeah, that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. I'm on board. It's a good one. Okay, last story. This is from Asia. It's called A Scary Ghost Story and a Ghost Story That Changed My Life. Hi, ladies. I absolutely love your podcast and listen all day at work. Oops. I have quite a few stories, but I'll just share two for now. When I was younger, eight or nine, my mom and I lived alone, and I always had a bad feeling about the house. I felt like it wasn't just the two of us there. And at first, it was just the small things like floors creaking and seeing things out of the corner of my eye. And then one day, I was sitting outside on a blanket doing my homework, and I felt someone sit down next to me. I looked to my left, and there was an indent as if someone was sitting there, but I was alone. WTF. So I went inside and just went about my business, and the next few nights were absolutely terrifying. The first night, I woke up at 3 a.m. and saw a man standing in my door. I blinked a couple of times and focused my vision and he was still there. He was dressed in shabby clothing and holding a knife, just staring at me. I jumped out of bed and turned on my light, but he was gone. I woke my mom up and made her check the house. No one was there. So the next night it happened again. Same time, same man holding a knife, just staring at me. I flipped the lights on and ran to my mom's room. She checked again and no one was there. So I got in bed with her and went back to sleep. The next night I didn't even sleep in my room. Nope. I knew the routine, but that night we both woke up at 3 a.m. to the sound of pots and pans falling out of the cabinets. We ran to the kitchen and nothing was out of place. It wasn't a sound that could have been mistaken and we both heard it clearly and were scared shitless. The next day, my mom had the house blessed and we never saw or heard him again. Thank the Lord. From then on, I was terrified of the three o'clock hour until this is where my second story comes in. Fast forward to when I was 17 and I tragically lost my mom. It was the hardest thing for me to process because it had always just been the two of us. The night she passed away, I had a very vivid dream. My mom and I were walking down the sidewalk that had no end. It was bright and beautiful. And I said to her, mom, what am I going to do? How am I going to live without you? I don't want to be here without you. And she said, Asia, I will always be there for you. Whenever you need me, I will visit you in your dreams. It's called mind walking. Please don't ever forget that. You will never be alone. I love you. And here I am crying again. To this day, she has kept her word. 
Through the good and bad times, she has been there in my dreams. Here's an example. I never had contact with my dad. He just wasn't a part of my life. And when my mom passed away, he decided to come around. At first, I was angry. How dare he try to come around once I lost her, right? I lived 17 years without him, and I could be just fine without him. He asked me if he could meet me, and I told him I needed time to think about it because I wasn't sure. Sure enough, that night, I had a dream that my mom and I were sitting down at a restaurant catching up and laughing together. I look over, and my mom is sitting there, smiling, nodding in approval. I decided to meet him, and even though I don't have the strongest relationship with him, I was able to meet his parents, my grandparents, and that was the best gift. They are so good to me and constantly show me love and support. My mom's lucky number was three, and every time she comes to visit me, I instantly wake up after hoping to see her. I look at the clock, and it's always 3 a.m. I believe she comes to me at that time because she knew how scared I was of that hour, but I now have my guardian angel watching over me and protecting me from all the scary ghosts, and now I call it my mom's hour. I'm forever grateful for my mind-walking mom. I hope you enjoyed my story. Stay spooky, ladies. Asia. Oh, her mom loves her so much. I love that she calls it her mom's hour. Her mom's hour. Ugh, That's of, so nice. Instead of the dark connotations that three o'clock have, it's her mom's hour. That's the best gift that you could give yeah. the power of you on the other side. You don't need to be scared anymore. Yeah, to because t- 3 a.m. anywhere, I feel like is... There's something off about that hour and for this sort of bubble, this protective shield to be around her during this time. Mm -hmm. Wow. So lovely. So, so lovely. And that like man with a knife is so terrifying. Oh my God. I know. I don't like that. Not one bit. I know. I feel a lot of mixed emotions with this, (laughs) this, this encounters story. I know. I mean, the second story as tragic and horrible as it is that she had to lose her mom. I love that our mom is there protecting her. I know that's, yeah, that's what I think we should focus on. And also her mom protected her when she was a kid too. Like she, when she was scared and woke up to this man in her door, she turned to her mom and her mom protected her and kept her safe. What a freaking great mom. Mm -hmm. Mom's still momming even from the other side. Mom's gonna mom. All right. What do you have? This is from Caroline. It is called Stories from My Childhood in England and Adulthood in Hawaii and Texas. So we are everywhere. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I absolutely love your podcast and listen as much as I can. I wanted to share some experiences I've had throughout my life. I've shared some of these with my husband and family, but I've definitely never shared my whole paranormal experiences until now. For background, my mom used to tell me as a kid about how when she and my dad restored a Victorian townhouse in South Boston, in South Boston, In the 1970s, she used to feel someone push her against the stair rail as she went up and down the stairs. She also told me of how wine glasses would spontaneously shatter in the kitchen. I know this has scientific reasoning, but seems coincidental here. I need to know where this was. South Boston? Southie? Yeah, this is so cool. Dying to know. Anyway, both of my parents are now deceased, and although I like to think I have conversations with them, I've never really had strong experiences with them. Now that I'm older, I'm realizing that my mom's sensitivity was probably passed down to me and possibly to my daughter. Ooh. My first experience happened when I was about nine. My parents and I took a train trip to Scotland while we were living in England and my brother was on a field trip. I always felt kind of creeped out in our old London house, but never saw anything specific. 
However, in Scotland, I had a room to myself in an old B&B, and one night I awoke to a shape in the room hovering at the foot of my bed. I ran out of the room, down the hall to my parents, and I refused to sleep in there again. Oh my god. Nothing happened to me after that for a long time, even though we moved to other countries, states, etc. After my mom died, my dad moved to Hawaii many years later. He eventually bought a house on the side of an old volcano overlooking the ocean. Cool. What a freaking life these people have. Yeah. What? They're That's amazing. An old Victorian in South Boston, then they're in England, then or like London, and then they're in Scotland. Her dad's in Hawaii on the edge of a volcano. Number one, I'd be terrified, but hopefully it wasn't active. Question yeah. Mark. Well, they probably are. It reminds me of a house in like a series of unfortunate events. Like it would be a house. Yes. I loved that house and it brought many good memories to our family. My brother and I were in college at this point and would visit over summer and winter breaks. Quickly, we realized that we were all experiencing the same nighttime activities of the paranormal sort. My brother and I each had our own bedrooms upstairs next to each other and our dad was downstairs. Every single night, Heavy footsteps would noisily tromp above us on the roof, seemingly headed up towards the top of the hill. I wish I could explain that it was an animal or something, but it was so methodical and it happened at the same time every single night. So we just became accustomed to it. My brother and I would come into each other's room and say, did you hear that? Much later, I brought up this regular occurrence to my stepmother, a longtime Hawaiian resident, and she dismissed it, to my shock, as the story of the night walkers or night marchers, who are ancient Hawaiian warriors who regularly march to their ancient battle sites. Sabrina did an episode on this. I cannot believe how easily she accepted my story. At the same house, we would have our stereo turned on in the middle of the night, the alarm suddenly ring, or even my dad's old sailor bell started to chime on the front door out of nowhere. My brother told me that he saw an old lady at the bottom of our stairs one night. I know that the old lady who had lived there before my dad had passed away, so that makes sense. In any case, there was a lot of activity in that house. The craziest thing that happened for me was that When my dad was dying of cancer in the same house many years later, I was sleeping in my room upstairs with my six-month-old daughter, and I woke up promptly at 5.50 a.m. to the sound of a bell. I couldn't hear the bell after I was awake, but I went downstairs with my daughter after waking up my husband, and I found my dad just about ready to take his last breaths. He died at 6 a.m. that day. And I don't know how to explain my alarm. Then whatever spirits inhabited the house were aware that I needed to be there. Wow. Fast forward six years later, and I haven't had any paranormal experiences. But after Hurricane Harvey in Houston... We had to move to an older rental house in our neighborhood. We lived there for two years while our old house was being demolished and rebuilt. One day after living there for a few months, I'm sitting in the TV room one sunny morning reading with my three-year-old son when all of a sudden a huge old framed print that used to belong to my parents just flies off of the wall and crashes to the floor. Glass shattered everywhere and I saw it fly and I couldn't believe my eyes. I have a professional art advisor and I hang art for a living, so I know for a fact that I hung that print well and it shouldn't have come off the wall that easily. The first thing my son said was, I think the ghost throwed it to the floor. Oh, I have never talked about spirits with my son before. At the same time, my five-year-old daughter started talking about how she always felt like someone was watching her in her room. I chalked her language up to stress and I didn't give it a second thought. 
Soon after, I started noticing shadow figures in the same hallway where the artwork had flown off of the wall. It was like someone was just hanging out in the hallway at all times. Sometimes doors would slam shut in the hallway for no reason. After that, every single time I walked to my bathroom at the end of this hallway, my body went through a very cold chill. Oh. It got to the point where I could walk in and out of the, quote, chill zone, <laughs> and I would talk to the spirit occasionally, even opening the front door to allow it to leave, but it never did. My very good friend came over and unprompted said, is there something here? <laughs> <laughs> I still think about that little old house and what slash who might be there. Now oh that we've gosh. left, things have been quiet, and I've come to realize that the real spirits out there are just trying to get our attention. Thanks for the podcast and can't wait to keep listening. See you on the other side, Caroline. Wow. Wow. Okay. What a plethora of experiences. Plethora of experiences. Hawaii night marchers and sounds like quite a few other instances as well in that house. There was clearly something good and something watching out for her, whether that be her own mother or a spirit in the house that let her know that yeah. she needed to be by her dad's side. Mm -hmm. That's so, so special. I know. So it's, heartbreaking. But like, as hard as it is, like you would 100% want to be there for that moment. And these are the moments where I feel like it's important to, you know, when we tell ghost stories, oftentimes ghost stories, just like the whole premise of ghost stories is spooky tales around the, mm -hmm. the fireplace or campfire or whatever. Right. But I think it's important to remember that paranormal activity, that's the spiritual world can intervene and make our lives better, urge us onto the path that we should be on. Yeah. Yeah. They can guide us. Yeah. And that's really nice. Yeah. But Caroline, I need help hanging art. What am I doing wrong? Because I have holes in my wall and I don't know how to fix it. We need tutorials. We need help. But also like, what's up with that ghost? I just love to just picture like a little three-year-old child's voice being like, I think a ghost throwed it to the floor. But, like, And the fact that they never talked about ghosts before and it's just like, that kid knows what's up. That kid knows what's up, which makes you wonder... What did the older sister see that she shared with the younger brother? Because maybe she had learned about the ghosts in her time. Well, yeah, she did say that she talked to the ghost. Or she, she felt like someone was watching, watching her. her. Which is even scarier. Actually. Right. But fives, she had either been in, you know, preschool, daycare. She was in kindergarten. So I'm sure she'd learned about ghosts. And she probably said something too. Maybe she'd experienced a bunch herself and was like, hey, we're in this together. Me and my brother used to do that. He would go ghost hunting without me because I was like, I know better than that. I am older and wiser and I'm smart. I am six. Well, well, I'm glad that it wasn't anything terrible and that it just threw the artwork off the wall. And that's really it. It's like it was a somewhat powerful shadow person mm -hmm. or just a poltergeist or something that couldn't fully appear. Right. However, it didn't gain energy from them, which was good. That is and good. then they moved on and they are fine and we are fine and we're all just happy here together. We're all fine. It's all fine. It's all we're fine. all fine. We're all going to sleep fine tonight. <laughs> Everyone's going to be safe. I will say we'll be fine if everyone sends us their ghost stories because we want them all. <laughs> we'll never get sick of them. No. I won't read them before bed. Even though we're never telling them before bed. It's fine. We only read them while we're recording. <laughs> All emails are sorted during daylight. <laughs> so you can email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. If you are like, hey, I know I've listened to 300 episodes, but I can't for the life of me. Remember the email. If you go into the show notes 
Our email is listed there. You can also find our email on our social media channels. So on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, and we also have a website. It's two girls, one ghost podcast.com. Yep. Or if you just Google it, it will come up. Yeah. Just Google it. It's there. You can find it. Google us. And we will see you on the other side. side.